Hi there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. It's Mike J. Darkson Burrard with another episode of uh, That D&D Podcast presents Vampire the Masquerade, 5th edition. Uh, I will be your, I don't know, vampire master? What do we call it here? Storyteller. Come on. Storyteller. Right, right, because it's the vampire master system, so they're called storytellers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with me here today, as you can already hear, is Jonathan. Jonathan, why don't you go first so we can script oh. all the order that we usually go in. Oh, no. Um, so, hey, I am Jonathan, he, him pronouns, and uh, I am playing Javad, and uh, he is a vampire lawyer, but, like, a nice one. Yeah, that works. And he is concerned about the corpse in the box that we should do something with, but not certain what yet. And then we're going to bump it back up to the top. Oh, no, you know what? We'll keep going the order. Let's do Zach next. I'm going not last? You're, you're really <laughs> messing with me. I know. Roll with it. Hi, I'm Zach. He, him pronouns. Playing Mila. Uh, she, her pronouns because I like to be confusing. And I am a vampire cop, but only for vampires. I want that to be understood. I only <laughs> police the the inhuman predators. It's uh, not like you're a monster or anything. It's not like I'm a monster <laughs> or anything. Um, and I have, like, a lot of stuff on my plate now that needs to go be policed. Should be fun. All right, top of the list, David. Hey, I am David. Uh, both myself and my character use he, him pronouns. My character is Tyree Costa. He is a Tremere uh, librarian. Uh, with combat skills. <laughs> there, was a, there was me trying to think of a way not to just say combat librarian, but I failed on that. Nerd with sword. Book danger. Nerd, nerd with sword, as Mila would say. Oh, shoot. Wasn't there, like, Noah Wiley had a TV show that was that? Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Adam. Uh, today I'll be playing Carlos Mendez, uh, your local friendly neighborhood necromancer. And I now know why Zach's character doesn't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Opening. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, what 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 do I say about us? Uh, last week, um, you probably know it better than we do, because, like, you know, Sometimes things happen. Um, if I recall correctly, um, y'all got a box. Uh, there's a backpack with a skull in it that um, Zach's uh, gun running contact, Jake, um, brought Zach. Sorry, brought Mila uh, because it was weird shit and Mila deals in, deals in weird shit. Um, that's something that you're going to have to worry about at some point in time, Mila. Maybe not right now. But at some point in the future. Well, yeah, but, you know, the future is the future, and I have, like, shovelhead problems now. <laughs> yeah. That's only going nowhere. Until it does, obviously, but, you know, we'll cross that jawbone when we come to it. Uh, so, if I remember correctly, last time you had a um, visit from one of the Troys uh, who brought. A manila folder of information. Yes. Uh, did did those try bring information? Yes. 
uh, in exchange for a favor to be cashed I'm in sure later. It's a zero, zero issues on our end. Yes. Yeah, and that's 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 the Troy's new motto: a Manila folder today for a favor tomorrow. Yes, uh, and the Troys are um, disposable corporate types. Um, they have a suit, they have a corporate haircut, they have a smile, uh, they have a suit, and even the suit has teeth. It's a shark skin to a suit with teeth. Yeah, metaphorically, it's literally just a suit. But you know, very they sharp appear cut. to be. Yeah, sharp cut. There you go. Uh, you still get this box. Um, I detailed the box, box relatively exhaustively uh, in chat uh, at David's request. Um, I now know how heavy the box is based upon me researching the steel that would have to go into making it, which was weird. But I'm here now. Uh, and uh, did you make sure you were using the right like era of manufacturing for that? Okay. Yes. Because American steels have changed a lot over the years. Just saying. <laughs> Alright, are we going to go into the Kelly Bessemer process now on <laughs> I'm just wondering. Welcome to that metallurgy podcast. <laughs> I have a shopping cart filled with the right pieces of metal. Okay. Okay. From the internets. It's, it was, like I said, it was a weird rabbit hole to fall down, but thank you, David. I appreciate that. It was fun. <laughs> If this was a critical role, you'd be putting the box on the table. Oh, God. I would destroy <laughs> everything nearby. Um, yeah, so the, the, the coffin slash um, welded metal box is uh, there in um, uh, Hecatus. Carlos. Carlos is uh, y'all's um, uh Funeral parlor. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so, and it's still making stuff float. Um, and your uh, your protective spirit doesn't seem too great, too happy about what's going on. Uh, Tyree made a friend, or there's a specter at least, maybe it's not a friend. Uh, and Rousen hasn't been heard since the first episode. Did I, did I miss anything? That sounds right. I mean, because one of them's a dock worker, so it'd be weird if we'd been talking to him in our creepy investigation phase. Also true. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I remember, see if I'm summing this up correctly, we got a box. The box has been shipped around the world, like, intentionally to take up time is our current theory. So it's, like, been going one place and then going to another place, maybe going back to the other place. It doesn't really matter. The whole idea is it's just being transited. That has taken years, but probably not decades, if I've got my scale right, or maybe even just months. Um, inside the box, hey, there's a vampire. Who would have seen that coming? Uh, vampire is currently staked, and there's some magic shit maybe going on? Not really certain. And we thought maybe this is a form of punishment below, you know, staking somebody and setting them up to sunrise, but still pretty serious. That sound good to people? I mean, it sounds accurate. Fair, yeah. Accurate is a better term for that. No, no, that's good. That's like, what the heck? What kind of monsters are you? All right. So we have showheads. There's actually a lot of lore on what kind of monsters we are. Uh, it goes deep. <laughs> there, there, would you like a book? I mean, there's a whole wiki. Uh, anyway. More, more than one wiki, actually. Yes, several wikis, because it depends on the version. Anyway. Um, so we had shovelheads. I think we don't care about the skull too much right now. 
Um, weren't we going to talk to the Baron? The former Baron. Yes. Well, the former prince who's now referred to as the Baron, I believe. Well, and like Barons were... Aren't Barons what independent ones are called when they're not the prince? Maybe? Is that the Anarch version? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Well, and it's like the non-Camarilla version, right? Um, because it's trying to think of how to phrase ethnocentrism from the Camarilla point of view. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're the only ones who actually get to decide things, and therefore we're princes. You can be a baron, because I recognize that you have a lot of people who might try to kill me. Um... I recognize that you too are a murderous shit. <laughs> I would like to pay you the proper respects. <laughs> I mean, not as much respect, but some respect. <laughs> Just enough respect to not get murdered, basically. Yeah, yeah. Understandable. Okay. So one of the things that I had thought in our intervening tree-filled, attack-filled weeks was that I might make a pretty good person to go talk with the Baron um, with that one thing about, you know, I'm actually sort of respected on matters of justice. So, like, going and talking to him is not weird and not potentially an aggressive action like it would be if, say, Mila went and did it. I mean, sure. It's going to it's going to be politically fraught if you do it, is my thought. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be politically fraught one way or the other. Yeah. Really. Like, I can go to him and be like, hey, could I talk to you about a matter of kindred law? I respect your opinion. You'd be like, yo, what do you know about this? Did you murder this dude? I, are we going with blackmail material either way? Going with what? Blackmail material. We had the photos. We are 100% bringing blackmail material, yes. I am missing something here. I was literally just seeing if he knew who the fucker was. No, because... So the first scene that I had, the some random vampire brought in a manila folder with photos that oh. had pictures of the Baron with figures of importance meeting him. Mm-hmm. Oh. Kitty. I totally missed that. Wow. Okay. Do we need to shake down the Baron? <laughs> I mean, shake down is such an ugly word. <laughs> we need to go aggressively question the Baron. Huh. Alright. Well, and I mean, basically let him know that we have some information on him and maybe, I don't know, his insurance? What are we looking to accomplish there? Like, I want to talk to the Duke because he might know who you know, stakes and coal is. I mean, yeah. I Part of it is also we don't necessarily want to tip everyone off that we have this specific corpse, just in case it's someone that, you know, someone might or might not want this back alive, <laughs> this undead. Corpse. Okay, yes. Yes. Maybe, yeah, maybe we want to hold on to that info. And also the skull. We don't know the import of the skull yet. There's a whole lot we don't know. That this guy might know. And the last thing we want to do is tip our hand. Just saying. Hmm. Yeah, so we, we've already have uh, the, the one information source looking into the possible identity. One of the Troys. Oh, the Troys? Okay. Oh, yeah. They're technically sources, huh? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking the more is like future obstacles, but... 
They're also that thing. <laughs> okay, yeah, so let's get... Uh, I mean, I'm going to posse up and head down. And someone who wants to be more diplomatic than I will can come with me, I suppose. All right. For now, since <laughs> this is sort of my territory, I'm fine sticking with the, the corpse. Vampire. <laughs> Snake vampire. I mean, you gotta be That's just a great phrase, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I'm fine sticking with the corpse. I mean, this one. Not like any of us. This specific corpse. Okay, so um, who has the skull? I thought David was going to be like taking calipers to it. Yeah, I thought I was going to be taking that back to the warehouse haven. Trying to do research there. I'm sorry, are you a phrenologist? Is that the kind of horrible thing we have with us? I mean, phrenology isn't that old to vampires. <laughs> phrenology makes sense for the Zemitsi. It's true, but they can Ooh. shape their own skulls based on yeah, what I was going to say, no, fr- no, phrenology is more like aesthetics for Zemitsi. It's just like, they look at this book and they're like, yeah, but what if we just made it this way, and then they gesture vaguely and the bones follow. <laughs> yes, phrenology is a fashion statement. They probably kind of regard it like a coloring book. <laughs> Just put some happy little trees here. But it's also like <laughs> them, too. Like, they, they reshape themselves, so they're wearing this week's, for, or this month's hot forehead, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that so much. Um, <laughs> they, the, those, the, the Shimichi are worth hating on some level, trust me. They're so creepy. Alright, so, uh, who... So we have... It sounds like everybody has a scene that they want to do. Let's who, Let's start with David, because David's at the top. Alright. I mean, the thing that, from what I remember from last time, which it's been a little bit due to circumstances. Uh, but the way the coffin was arranged with all the stuff in it, 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 it didn't seem like it was an actual known effective ritual thing. Yeah, and so... Th- Go ahead. I was just going to say, like the, the pentagram etching on the skull also doesn't immediately seem like a specific thing either right well i mean give me a roll uh uh that o word that means spooky <laughs> yeah i mean i i figure i i would be going back to like try and do some research on that um but yeah we can just see if like off the top of my head I mean, you get you should have like a circumstance bonus to the books and stuff. So, like, if you want to go someplace, that's legit. Yeah, I think. I mean, I I could maybe make a check just right now, based on what I know in occult wise, because if it's not something I can think of necessarily that's le- quote, uh, quote unquote legitimate magic, then I can like start digging into history. And like trying to figure out, okay, well, what sort of, what sort of uh, traditions, you know, of kin of humans who, you know, practiced at 
magic, but, you know, also dealt with supernatural shit. This feels very Tremere to be like, is this legitimate magic? Is this yeah, proper well, magic? Yeah, was, that was excellent, by the way. Because <laughs> then I'd have to, like, do, look at mundane history. Well, you know, where mundane history crosses over with supernatural history, but if you understand what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. All right. So three successes, and if I remember correctly, I do. Oh, that's wonderful. I actually. It's one of these previous page. Is it the equivalent of back? Just go back to where I was. PDFs. Um, I mean, it depends on the viewer you're using. Okay, so um, three successes on an, uh, and what's that damn word? Is that a critical success? Do you have two tens in there? I have two tens in there. That is a critical success. Wow. I have no recollection what that even does. Critical. <laughs> I don't know either. So it's not a messy critical. Does this recover willpower? No. Oh, uh, the beginning of the session we recover willpower. Shit, we were supposed to do like blood stuff too. Yeah. I mean technically it's still been one night, so I think. Yeah. We never did the rising rouse checks that can make us hungrier. Yeah, I mean, uh, but all the sessions so far have been on the same night, so. Yeah. I don't actually see any rules about critical criticals. Zach, do you have that? Let me open up everything up here. I'm, I'm falling asleep on the job here. Uh... It might only matter, too, for checks that specify what happens when you get criticals. Maybe. Are there checks? Yeah. Counts as two additional successes above the 2d10s as you perform your task faster more stylishly or more thoroughly than normal what page is that on 120 oh shit yeah so right by a difficulty though, i was just looking at that <laughs> each pair of criticals is worth four successes in some tests a critical one yields additional effects apart from one stated oh so it does actually has a yeah. yeah, criticals. There's a criticals in place sidebar on 122. What page was the sidebar? On page 122 of the text. It, it's just the next page. Yeah. It says, "Get used to it." Get used to it. Figure out how they work. Enjoy. Have fun. Good luck. Have fun. Yeah. So that's actually worth four successes, right? Jeez. Two criticals is four successes. Well, it's two crit one critical. Oh, I do not understand the wording here. Each yeah, pair. Is worth four successes. Okay, so each pair of tens is worth. Well, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Sure. So a pair of tens counts as two additional successes. Yeah. So I, I think the answer is is you know exactly what this is. Oh, cool. Um, and you've seen it before, and you're probably not going to tell anybody about it. Fair. Okay, so that that means it's probably. <laughs> real magic of some kind it is absolutely real magic it is um <laughs> literally the symbol of of uh of the mages that your clan at some point had potentially some sort of connection to didn't they eat them yeah <laughs> like you're all regretful like yeah <laughs> there, there may have been eating there's rumors that Tremere Liches are still part of these factions. But uh, it's it's a literal... It's, it's literally their symbol. Um, whether or not you want to share that with other people is up to you. 
your clan is notoriously type lit about lit about this stuff. So, um, I don't know about your relationship with your sire, but it's possible that you know it, a codiary is a special thing. But at the same time, they might not want you talking about it. That doesn't help you survive the night, but that's just the advice that I have for you based on that. Um, also. It's also it's also a form of sending, so there is a message attached to the skull. Okay, so I I'll probably I'll take it I'll say I'm going to go back to research it, but really what I'm doing is I'm going back by by myself, so I'll be alone when I unlock the message. Got it. Cool. All right. So uh, yeah, I guess uh, Tyree takes a look at the skull, and says, "Oh, you know, I'm going to go research this," and bounces. Adam, was there something specific that you wanted to do with the corpse? Um, not with the corpse necessarily. I think <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. I think my main my main goal is going to be it's a perfectly normal vampire statement. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> we call that a biz a segue. I, I'm going to see if I can figure out how to set up some sort of like occultish dampener. Something to reduce the field that this is messing with my space, so things stop floating all over there. Gotcha. Basically, okay. a Faraday bag for this corpse. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is funny. Are you gonna go look that up in the library? Yeah, I gotta use, use the my occultish library to figure something out. All right. Uh, so the first thing you notice in the library is that there is a semi-transparent, uh, free roam floating phantasm in the library flipping, flipping through your books. It's not normally there. So this is kind of new. Interesting. I don't remember inviting him, but, or it, is it, it's just perusing the library. It's frantically looking through your books. Um, give like, Hey, you, you need some help there. It doesn't seem to be able to hear you. Okay. Well, um, I guess I'll just let it do its thing for now while I do my own. <laughs> there won't be none. All right, give me a, a cult roll with your bonus for having a library. Uh, yes, let me find. There's a cult. Uh, intelligence with one modifier. Get over to the right tab. I have three success. You know, one on your blood die? No, your hunger successes. I have no hunger right now, so yeah. Okay. That's right, you ate that guy. Yeah, I ate the, the, the person that the, wow, the bag. Wow, okay, cool. So, there's a couple things here. It's probably not... Um, as, as best as you can tell, there's nothing about the box... That is that would be causing this. Yeah, you think it's like an antibody, an antibody reaction. You think your sentinel, uh, you think your ward oh. is doing this. Okay. It's just mad. Then is there a way to placate the ward for now? Oh yeah, totally. Okay. It usually involves sacrifice, but like maybe there's some sort of way that you have in the past to placate the ward. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of what we could 
but a ward would appreciate. <laughs> what do you get from the ward that has everything? Yeah. I mean, maybe the ward is largely mysterious to us in the first place. Yeah. I think by and large, the ward would like us to leave. Well, it would like the, the, the corpse to be gone, for sure. I'm sure the ward has been missing a lot of sleep since we showed up. But... <laughs> Well, presumably their their ward has some sort of physical um, inscriptions or a setup of some sort. Mystic circles. I don't know how vampire magic works, really. Um, I mean, it usually involves blood. All right, blood blood is kind of the cornerstone in vampire magic. Um, this particular ward was probably. It's more than just, uh, but more than just blood magic founded it. Right. Um, there was uh, some other kind of magic at play here that helped set up the ward. So it winds up being a combination of uh, thanergy and thalergy, if you will. <laughs> so, you know, like you might you might be able to like uh, re like reinforce the the blood and bone warding. Um, or you might um, track down some sort of uh, uh, bruja or bruja, like an actual one, as opposed to Zach, um, like it's like a, a magic casting person that might be able to fix the wards. But that's not something you probably know off the top of your head. Your um, your sire might, and or your contacts with your clan might have more details about that. But I don't think that you have non-blood magic available at your at this time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess there's probably not much I'm gonna do right now. I just, you know, realize why this is happening now is good. Gotcha. Try to let yeah. Too many things float off. Yeah, like reinforcing the blood wards would be a place to start. Yeah. I would, yeah. Probably have some blood bags or something, or pop down to the Seven Eleven. It, it probably has to be your blood. We're with oh, the blood I of somebody see. who lives here. Okay. I can do that. Uh, if you'd like to do that, um, you, know, you could you could trade a hunger for calming the ward down. Okay. I will do that. All right. I imagine that the wards are, like, hidden either in, like, behind a false wall or, like, under the floorboards or, like, there's a sub-basement with a creepy door that doesn't like quite shut all the way or it's behind like a like a super barred lock with a with like a with like a cat door that looks like there's flame damage on it or something right like there's <laughs> there's the spooky door that you have to go through to get to the wards i feel like also we have a library so there should be a book that needs to be pulled out in a certain sequence yeah there you go. <laughs> it swings out <laughs> swings out a little caged open up or a, a trap door or like it's just right there. You pull the ball on the book, the the shelf swings out, and there's uh, what looks like relatively you know old blood daubed on the wall in a esoteric pattern. So you touch it up with a little bit of your own heart blood, with your own uh, blood from your own veins, uh, and you can feel uh, the beast, which was once silent, again begin to pace from within your uh, inside your chest. 
but you're, you're pretty you're pretty you feel confident that this has caused the uh the wards you have to get more strong or more calm uh less anxiety more okayness for the wards excellent all right jonathan and zach the two of you wanted to go on a little ride <laughs> a little ride we're just gonna go and uh, kick a political hornet's nest. It'll be cool. Yep, it's vampire training day. Let's go. All right. Wait, which one is Denzel Washington? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? So the um, the seat of old power right now is um, the Space Needle. The Space Needle is not what it used to be. You know, back in the day, it was kind of like this cool, you know, big tourist attraction. Now it's kind of uh, just a thing that's there. It's surrounded by, um, there's a there's a museum that's nearby that's not exactly run down, but it's not exactly cool anymore. Uh, it's um, by a Experience Music Project, which is still pretty cool. It's a lot of people still, still go there. But the Space Needle itself is more of a doodad than anything functional or drawing a crowd. And unfortunately, that's kind of what the pioneers have become in Seattle. No longer the movers and shakers, they are kind of reduced to look we're still here status all right uh and javad and mila you're going to look for them right now yes yeah that's plan all right the space needle is closed for a private function tonight which is code for uh lose holding court up there uh, I, uh as you roll up i, I guess i'm gonna make sure i javad studies the blackmail stuff before we go <laughs> Come prepared. I, I previously established Javad didn't actually pay attention to that. Like, what? Oh, we have blackmail on first Um yeah, he he uh's gonna study up on that before we, we get too further. Okay. That's an that's a good point. Like what exactly does anybody remember what those pictures showed? A bunch of anarchs leaving or going into the uh Baron's house, basically. Yeah, there was somebody else there, boys. There was somebody, something else about that, though. Hmm. Like, like the twist was like Enoch also visited or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My bo- my boss slash sire was also there at one point. Yeah, so it's a bunch of a bunch of um, various anarchs of of some repute up from California to come say hey, uh, and also your boss. All right, so that sets a little bit of. Does that answer your question, Jonathan? Do you want to dig more into that? I must have wanted to establish that I've not read that, because, you know, before I hadn't. Gotcha. We're good. Zach, is there any prep work that you're going to be doing? Uh, I mean, all my prep work is in the trunk of my car, so. Interesting. Well. That's not the least bit ominous. <laughs> So as you roll up to the Space Needle, um, there are uh, a handful of uh, what you recognize as uh, the equivalent of uniform security. They are um, not wearing a uniform. They appear to be, you know, just tourists, but they don't walk around much for tourists. They tend to be in the same spot looking at you as opposed to taking pictures of the various things around them. Imagine they're like... Standing there with a the camera, and they've got the camera pointed like out over the balcony of the Space Needle, and they're snapping, mm-hmm. but they're just like directly making eye contact with us as we walk up. 
Oh, they are. This is still on the ground okay. floor. You haven't even entered okay. yet. Yeah. So uh, you park your car uh, probably just in the loop there where it goes up to the needle itself. Uh, and there are a handful of people there wearing, um, you know, your typical bouncer attire. And they said, uh, sorry, the needle's closed for a private event tonight. I believe we're on a list. And I'll, like, flash whatever passes for a badge at my job. Just straight up your gun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're the only vampires allowed to pack heat. That makes sense. Um... Yeah, like maybe I got like a tattoo or something that is my mark of rank. I got ah, so we're doing the Blade Three style. Yeah, so that's kind of where I was going. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so um, uh, the man who does not appear to be uh a vampire of any sort, just based on your him smelling like a human, um. Says, uh, uh, you gotta, you gotta leave your weapons here, though. This is, uh, no guns upstairs. Alright, uh, what does Javad do? I'm here to talk. Did you, did you bring a gun? <laughs> no! Alright, well, Mila pulls the gun out of her, like, shoulder holster. And then, like, pulls one out of the belt on the back of her pants. And then... Bends down and pulls another one out of her like ankle holster and drops it on the table. All right. Oh wait, hold on. And then she'll pull like a, a you're not holding on me, are you? A three inch knife, like a three inch knife blade knife, like out of out and sheath and all like out of her jacket somehow and drop that on the table. I think that's it. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Keep in mind that uh, you're. Uh, excuse me. Keep in mind that you're going to be 605 feet in the air, and uh, this thing's kind of old. So maybe take it easy on uh, on the on the structure. Just think about that before you start making a mess of things. Not saying you will. Just saying, think about that. I don't. Is he talking to me or you? I'll make eye contact with my companion here. I'm sorry, nothing so far has concerned me. I don't know. I didn't plan on starting trouble. Don't start none, won't be none. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's your motto in life. Life ended a while ago. So, <laughs> there's a whole new set of rules now. Nice. Alright. Uh, the... So he waves you inside. Uh, into a very kitschy gift shop and the elevator which goes up to the top of the needle uh, it's smaller than you would have expected for a tourist trap um, elevator but at the same time it, it feels much too spacious with just the two of you um, riding up to the top um, the elevator dings letting you out into uh, a spacious restaurant that is um, kind of cleared for people to mingle and talk uh, as the uh, restaurant kind of turns slowly, which is an odd thing to see as you're standing at the um, the entrance to the soiree with people just kind of moving around you and you just standing still. Okay. 
it's not immediately apparent where uh, Lou is. Um, there are all sorts of um, the sort of vampire that makes you vaguely uncomfortable. Uh, these are stylish people from, or they were <laughs> wearing the height of fashion from 100 to 200 years ago. Formerly stylish people. Yeah. <laughs> um, it all winds up coming together uh, looking sort of uh, correctly elegant uh, with the with the scene out over the Twinkle Lights of Seattle. Um, at least when you're looking out over the sound. But as the as it rotates and you get down to the, you, know, you start seeing the downtown Seattle, what it is now, there's just towering skyscrapers, just massive obelisk buildings um, with, you know, the latest sort of stylings of them, which tend to be, uh, you know, weird angles and different colors and just massive obelisks that make this, uh, this quaint little uh, example from the World's Fair, however many years ago to look small and uh, useless in comparison. But, you know, it's still pretty. Ooh. So, what is your plan on finding the people you need to talk to? Are you just going to go hopnob? you elbowed around? Tyree, is there anybody... Or, sorry, uh, Javad, is there anybody here you are going to... Wouldn't notice? Is Mila going to get you into trouble? I mean, maybe? So, like... I have polite relations, I guess, with the non-Camarilla folks. You know? Like, uh, I'm an expert in vampire law. And showing up with a cop doesn't help that. <laughs> right. It does make it seem like you're here for a reason. An important reason. We're cracking skulls. Uh, yeah, I will... Uh, I'm going to let Javad talk for the most part. Doing the, like, nonchalantly glowering thing over the shoulder. Okay. Uh, Javad, there is a, um, a gentleman in a very fine suit from, you know, a 20s style suit, uh, comes up to talk to you. Uh, very pointedly not looking at Mila. And says, uh, oh, welcome. Um, sorry, I don't, I'm not familiar with you. Uh, what, what can I do for you folks tonight? That D&D podcast is released under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Feel free to share with friends, but don't cut anything out and don't sell our work. Please visit us at thatdndpodcast.com or on Twitch or YouTube at That D&D Podcast. Intro music is The Witch's Journey by Augustine C. Outro music is Negative Ecstasy by Blue Sky Moon. Both are available on the Free Music Archive. Music by Augustine C. can also be found on Spotify and SoundCloud, while music by Blue Sky Moon can be found on Ketza.uk. Vampire the Masquerade was created by Mark Reinhagen and is a storyteller system game of the World of Darkness series published by White Wolf Publishing. All other copyrighted content is owned by its associated copyright holder.